The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Question you, oh God. Who can say what to us now? Let it please you to totally deliver us today. Let it please you to totally deliver this nation, Nigeria. Let it please you, Lord. To give us victory in every facet of our lives. And Father, we know that you don't need to take permission from anybody to do it. And when you have done it, nobody can question you. We give you all the praise and glory. We give you all the praise and glory. We give you all the praise and glory. Lord, if we find a word to describe you, the word immediately becomes inadequate because you are beyond description. Today, in every life present in this place, we thank you in, for every life joining us over the internet. We thank you for that which eyes have not seen. That which ears have not heard, that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of man. We give you praise and glory, our Father. We give you praise and glory. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' unfailing name, we are praying. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. And you're sitting down. Um, let's put our hands together for um, the best choir on the face of the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. As, as, as you're sitting down, welcome your neighbor and um, say, welcome to victory. And let's say... Uh, Pastor Funley has told us we have a new name. Say to them, I'm Victor, I'm Victoria. Tell them your full name. And like um, Ayodele said, I am God's favorite child. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay. For those attending the God Brigade service for the first time, you're welcome. Um, the power of God and the presence of God is here. 
Don't wait for a particular time. If God has touched you and it's moving upon you already, praise the name of the Lord. God works with us instantly, silently, and, and completely. 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 So focus on God and God alone. And we welcome the internet church. We're going to dive into the word of God straight away. And today we are in part four of our series. We started the series like a month ago. Well, kind of, yeah. This is February. A month ago. Victory. And, and, and the, the focus is, is that we are deploying, we are learning how to deploy proven military principles and strategies that guarantee victories. In fact, when you look at historical wars, these principles are consistent. And like we, we learned, these principles, those generals actually got it from the Bible. In fact, a lot of those generals have a copy of the Bibles in their pockets, regardless of their faith. And we, we've been learning and seeing how David, amongst other God's generals have been using these same principles to prevail. We looked at the principle of, a, of the objective in the first week. In the next week, week two, we looked at the principle of the offensive. Last week, we looked at the principle of mass. Today, by the grace of God, we will be looking at the principle of maneuver. That was a maneuver. Why are we learning these principles? Because life is a battle. And God has given you victory and will continue to give you victory. And in this battle of life, you are the general of your life. Who is the general of your life? You are. You, you need to take responsibility for it. You ask, oh yeah, oh Jesus is the general of my life. Yes, he is. But guess who is the assistant general? You are, and he doesn't contradict the lordship of Jesus. He doesn't in any way or form. In fact, God is excited when we take our place. He says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. It starts on earth. Whatever you lose on earth shall, shall be loosed in the heaven. Our text today is John chapter 3, verse 6 and 8. There was a maneuver. John 3, 6 and 8 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is it's spirit. In fact, that alone is deliverance. You can't start something in the flesh and want God to anoint it with spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is Everyone. Everybody say, so is everyone. 
so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Spirit of God maneuvers. It appears that his, you cannot predict his, his operations, his movement. When you think you figured him out, he comes in another way. And the Word of God says that don't think it's just the Spirit of God. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Your enemy should not be able to predict your next movement. In fact, even the people around you sometimes should be what is he up to again? This guy is crazy. Or this lady, what's she up to again? Why? Because I, I hear. I do. Everyone say, as I hear. I do. So the principle of maneuver as it regards warfare simply states place the enemy in a position of disadvantage through the flexible application of combat power. So, that's the principle of maneuver. You place the enemy in a position of disadvantage through your movement, through, you, you know, he's expecting you this way, and you, you know, you bring out another card, and you think, okay, okay, we know what she's going to do, and, you know, you are just on top of your game. For everybody here that has not been on top of their game, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, beginning from today, you'll be unpredictable for the enemy. Because great military victories are entrenched in movement and maneuvers. Movement and maneuvers. And the key, the key to maneuvering successfully is flexibility. You see, when you are dealing with God, don't be rigid. You have to be flexible. I was flexible. You have to be flexible. You can't put God in a box. No, you cannot. You have to be flexible. If you are not flexible, you will not be able to maneuver. God says, sit down. God says, stand up. God says, talk. God says, keep quiet. God says, go now. God says, stop. And, you know, as I hear, I, I do. And as we have been learning from historical warfare and applying it and, and seeing the roots in scriptures, we're going to take a few of historical warfare. You know, I'm a student of, of war, of, of historical war, as you might have discovered. I love reading. I have volumes and volumes of military campaigns and videos, videos of all the wars that have been fought in this century. I have all the videos. Now, Say this guy, is he, <laughs> what's he up to? <laughs> now, you must have heard of um, George Washington, right? Of the United States of America. Now, like, I mean, there's a, the war that broke the back of the British hold on America. He led the campaign. And he led the campaign through he was successful through deploying the principle of maneuvering. Why? Because up until that time, now listen to this, he was trained in continental warfare. Now, continental warfare has a lot to do with structure and order. You know, have you seen those North Korean guys, armies marching like this? You know, 
those kind of things are required in continental warfare. And he, he, was, he, was, he, was, he has led a lot of battle. And interestingly, George Washington lost all his battle, but the most important one. So, long story short, he led a campaign against the British forces. And he was losing. Why? Because they trained him. He was using the same structure that, you, you know, you cannot use the enemy's strategy against him. And right in the middle of battle, George Washington changed his maneuvering. He invented what they call guerrilla warfare. Have you heard guerrilla warfare before? He said, he discovered that the American spirit is an enterprising spirit. You can call it a rebellious spirit in the, in the good way. So he couldn't get, because a lot of the soldiers were entrepreneurs, businessmen, farmers, you know, people that have their own enterprises. He couldn't get them to, to do what the British had uh, uh, taught him. So what he, what, he, what he came up with is hit and run. So if you look for the weakest point, he will strike. Before they gather, he will run. They will go and hide again until they depleted the armies of the British and the Americans gained their independence. Maneuvering. Your capacity to think even while you are in battle and maneuver will make a difference. Listen, life doesn't play fair. Things just happen. Things you don't bargain for happen. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It happens to everyone that is living under the sun. Your case is not special. The same temptation. So, so what are you going to do? When you find yourself in that fix, maneuver. Everybody say maneuver. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that which is born of the flesh so your ability to continuously think out of the box, innovate, and maneuver in the midst of battle is key for victory. And innovation is, 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 is very crucial because innovation means, hey, this is what I have. I'm going to use what I have. And clear thinking is key to innovation. I mean, which is why in the Tribe series we are focused on clear thinking, thinking clearly. You have to. And when you innovate... It results in excellence. Excellence is simple. You see, there's a difference between excellence and extravagance. People that lack innovation think they must be extravagant. But if you have, if you're innovative, you don't need to be extravagant. Praise the name of the Lord. So, be open. He said to your neighbor, be open. Don't be fixated on your way of doing things. Be open. Be open. There was a daughter that helped her dad reposition the chair in the house. And she rearranged, you know, if you have, you know, 
girls like to rearrange everything. And she rearranged the whole house to suit her father. And the man came in from work. And who did this? Who did that? Who moved that this chair? You know, and just blasted everybody and all that. And his wife, you know, kept quiet. After he came, I says, have you even seen what your daughter did? No, 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 no. I want my chair where I want my chair. Does that sound familiar? So after everybody has gone, the man now went and sat down where the daughter sat down, put the chair, so that it was a better view of the TV. And back in the day, I mean, power was very erratic back in the day. The daughter has positioned the chair where cool breeze can be coming in. And the man felt like a fool. There are better ways of doing what you are doing. Be flexible. There are better ways of, of achieving the results. Be flexible. Are the vigil. You know, what we're having, I shared this. I mean, I mean, we were having vigil. I think I was standing somewhere here, and God showed me someone, the person standing by the bridge. You remember I said the bridge was, was broken, and as God miraculously just, the person was like fixated on the, on the bridge. I didn't really know what the person was trying to do, you know, but God moved the person to the other side. Amen. So I thought the person would be rejoicing and be going and be making progress, right? The person went back. I was trying to fix the bridge. Why is this bridge not working? Listen, if the bridge was important for your destiny, eh, it will be working. Since it has broken down, its time has expired. Praise the name of the Lord. The important thing for you is that the wind of God's spirit is going to take you to the other side. Be flexible. Say to your neighbor, be open. You must be open to the Holy Spirit, to the wind of the Holy Spirit. Everyone that works with God must just know that God has a mind of his own. You see, if you don't know, if you think God is your, is your houseboy in your pocket that you bring out and say, get me a car, get me a... No, 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 you have a lot of problems with God. God is God by himself. Praise the name of God. He has a mind of his own. So he can do stuff. If, but if you're attentive, it will not catch you on our ways. And you're able to adapt. For the children of Israel, there was a pillar of fire in night. There was a pillar of cloud in the day. When the pillar stopped, the, the whole nation stopped. Once the pillar begins to move, what happens to the whole nation? They begin to move. Why? If somebody says, oh, ah, but I'm still eating now. The pillar is moving. So you have a choice. You can keep eating and be left behind, or you can follow the cloud. I believe strongly in my spirit that the cloud is moving in a lot of lives. And God is saying, move with the cloud. Move with the cloud. I just love David. He's a master of maneuvering. In, there's a story in 1 Samuel 23. You can write it down, 1 to 13. Read it when you get home. Fantastic story. David 
his heart was with his people, Israel, even though he was running up and down from, from Saul. And he saw the, um, Kela, a, a city, a Jewish city that was being attacked by the Philistines. And Mo, uh, David said, oh, let's go, guys, let's go and help this. He has 600 men. Let's go and help this city. And his guy said, ah, we are not safe in Judah. How can you tell us to go, to go and take to go and fight the Philistines. Let's be going, you know, so that we can, we are running for our lives. And the Bible says, David inquired of the Lord, should I go? And God says, go. And his guy says, Oga, this thing is too dangerous. The Bible says, David inquired from the Lord again. And God said, go again. And David went and delivered the city from the hands of the Philistines. And Saul heard that David was in the city. Saul came, because it was the world city, Saul came to attack David. And David had the intelligence, he got the intelligence that Saul was coming. And David asked God, that, well, he knew that if Saul came, I mean, if he had allegiance with the people of the city, it's fine. But he asked God, will these people betray me? You know, when I read this, I'm like, why should they betray you? You know, sometimes we, we assume that because you have helped people, they will help you. You assume that because you have been good to people, they will be good to you. Don't destroy yourself. Always inquire of the Lord. That is the key to maneuvering. Always inquire of the Lord. David said, will they give me up? Will these people give me up? And God says, they will give you up. Now, for many people, you get angry, you begin to... No, no, that's not... That's, no, no, David, David just packed his bag and left. There are some people, you need to pack your bag and just go. Because they will sell you for six shillings. They will even collect change. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. But God will not give you up for such people. In the mighty name of Jesus. So what am I saying? I'm saying there's a supernatural twist. There's a supernatural twist to every battle. There's a supernatural twist to every battle. I've told you by God's grace, I mean, our, our, our journey to getting the land and everything that God is doing. There's a supernatural twist. You must be able to hear God. Once you hear God, action. Everybody say action. Everybody say action. Like the action governor. Action. Audacity, audacity. Again, I say, audacity. There's a spiritual twist to every battle. There are what they call forces that can either be on your side or be against you. I'm praying today that the forces will not be against you. In the mighty name of Jesus. There's a time I, I, years ago, over, over a decade ago, I had to represent my company, the company I used to work for at the time, in, in South Africa. And the partners there, solid guys, we went through all the prep for the presentation. We're presenting to this powerful man. <laughs> now, at the end of the day, 
I was supposed to make the presentation. And when I was about to go, some, some one of them, I didn't know him until that time, very solid technical guy, he came and shook me. I, you know, sometimes you think you are the only one that knows God. The guy shook me. I said, the forces be with you. No, I, I didn't want to say amen. But I don't know which forces are coming. <laughs> but I've inquired. I find out about him physically, just not spiritually. And I discovered that the guy is a Jew. Look, every Jew knows that the horse can be prepared for battle, but safety is of the Lord. Every Jew knows. You should do your own work. You should plan. You should pray. You should read if you need to read. But every Jew knows that there is an unseen force that can back you and make your life beautiful and can resist you and make it miserable. I'm praying today that the forces of heaven will back you in the mighty name of Jesus. And to illustrate this, I stumbled upon a video online. It's a very funny video. But it, it brings it home how the forces can be for someone, for a team. So soccer, play pastor soccer again. Yes. The soccer <laughs> clip. And let's, let's roll it. Notice the wind. score goals for you. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Someone says, would they allow such a goal? Of course. Of course. You play against the, the, the conditions, weather conditions. Any sports, tennis, soccer, except the umpire calls, cancels the game or stops the game. But once the game is on, and this game of life is on, and as your enemy kicks the ball, the wind of heaven is going to carry the ball into their own post. <laughs> In the mighty name of Jesus. There's another historic war called the Six-Day War. Many of you know the Six-Day War. You can Google it. It is, it is when this war came, when, the, when Egypt mobilized the whole of Arab nations. And they, they had one objective to wipe out the nation of Israel. Egypt, Turkey, Iran, Iraq, all of them, they surrounded Israel. You would think they would wipe out Israel. The president of Israel saw them 
knew they were going to launch. They, they ignored the, the international community. They were going to wipe out the nation of Israel. Israel was so small. These were huge nations, Arab nations, surrounding them. The president of Israel attacked them first. And in six days, six days, the battle was over. Now, now, listen, this is not a battle that was fought in uh, the days of David. This is, I think it was, um, 16 what? 77? 67, yes. 1967. Now, the soldiers, the Jewish soldiers, if you watch their documentaries, they said that they were angelic beings. That they saw forces. They will launch one rocket, just one rocket. An angel will carry the rocket. Boom, you carry it here again. Boom, you carry it here again. All the Arab nations were defeated. Not in, not, not in three years. Not in six years. Not in six months. Six days. Six days. I don't know what you are going through. I'm here to tell you that because you are here, the forces of heaven will begin to work on your favor. I don't know the number of enemies that have surrounded you, that have encamped around you. In six days, you will look for them and you will not see them anymore. In the mighty name of Jesus. And so shall it be. So be open. Say to your neighbor, be open. Be open to the wind of the Holy Spirit. The wind blows where it, it listed. Be open. There are some parents that they are, <laughs> it's just amazing. They are, they, they, they are, there are seeds that you will sow that will shape your life. Not only your life, we shape the life of your children. Maneuvering. There are some covenant maneuvers in the spirit that speaks for generations to come. Some people, you just see them prospering. You don't know their parents have hit the ground on their behalf. So what you are seeing, you, and you may say, oh, but I'm praying more than this man. I'm like, what, what is even wrong with that, Pastor Femi? Who does, how can he just, you know, they don't, some people, a lot of people are not happy with me, you know. But that's, that's okay. That's fine. You know? You know? He doesn't even pray well. Have you seen him pray? He doesn't even know how to pray. Don't worry, I don't know how to pray. But my grandmother prayed for me. <laughs> my mother is praying for me. If you know, you know because I was a little bit troublesome. Just so if you know the amount of prayer that they prayed for my head. <laughs> Are you, and it, I, I can tell you practical. For, for instance, you know, by the grace of God, my wife and I, this June, 8th of June, will be 10 years we have been pastoring. 10 years. I will give God all the glory. Now, when we, when we first started pastoring, there was this property that we were in. 
It used to be a red bricks building, but they are remodeling it now. So for some of you that know the, the building. Now, the daughter of the owner of the place was in charge of, you know, managing the property and the revenues and all that. And she gave us a tough time. You remember about <laughs> She gave us a tough time. In fact, there are meetings that, you know, some people will want to test your Christians. <laughs> So one day, I was praying about the matter before God. I was before God, you know, back in the day, you know, I used to be very volatile. I'm chilled now. I'm, you know, am I chilled? <laughs> you know. So I went before God and I said to God, in fact, I'm going to possess this property. Because I was really upset. And there's nothing anybody can do about this. I began to engage in the spirit. I locked it down. It got to a point, God said to me, I will not give you this property. I was like, no. Wherever you, our soles of our feet shall tread upon. He said, God said, I will not give you this property. When he saw that I was, I will not take no for an answer. He said, okay, you know what? I will give you another property. It's a bigger place. A bigger place. Okay, okay, okay. okay. That's a good deal. <laughs> and God gave us a bigger property back then. Some of you know where it is. Da, 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 da. And I didn't know why. So one day, the mother of this lady came to see me. The person that really owned the property. And she was in my office. Very nice, nice, godly woman. Oh, elderly lady. And on her way out of my office, she stopped. And she said, she's, she's sorry for all the trouble that her daughter has caused me. That, and cost us. That she gave this property. She covenanted it to God. That it will only be used for God's purpose. And she wanted to turn it into a bank or something at the time. And she told me how she went into a covenant with God. And she left. Ah, and I saw why I could not take the property. Even though the daughter was misbehaving, I still could not take the property. Because God said, God is a covenant-keeping God. He, he keeps covenants from generation to generation. There are things you are doing now. You think it has no impact. It's your children. You don't want your children to be cursing your grave. It's your children that will reap it. Today, am I not blessing my grandmother? I'm, I'm thankful for that, for my mother, you know. There are some maneuvers you make in the spirit that rings on generationally. So be flexible. There are some seeds you sow in the spirit that rings on generationally. By the way, the property is being remodeled. I hope they don't break the covenant. Because <laughs> somebody else will go and possess it. What I'm saying is this. Be open. And one of the keys to being open is you must admit that you can be wrong. Always be open to the possibility that you may be wrong. 
I thought I could take it, but I was wrong. Oh, I was wrong. Always be open to the possibility that you may be wrong. It will save your life. It will save you from praying unnecessary prayers. And there's this great world general that we've been, I've always, I think he's featured in even all my sermons, Napoleon Bonate. You know him, Napoleon, the French general. He made that mistake of not being open to the possibility of him being wrong. He was a master of offense. He was a master in military movements and maneuvers. But Napoleon was defeated in the Battle of Waterloo. You must have heard it before when they say you will meet your Waterloo today. It's from Napoleon. My wife and I, when we, when we got married, we had our, our honeymoon in, in, in Brussels. In, no, in Belgium, we went to Brussels and some other cities. Now, if you're married, if you just want to get married, please go for your honeymoon. If you say, okay, but pastor, I've, we, I've been married for so many years that we didn't go for honeymoon. It's not too late. And you don't need to go to Brussels. Nigeria has so many beautiful places. But for some reason, we were in Brussels. And the, 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 the lady that took us on the tour took us to Waterloo, to the battlefield that Napoleon lost, the building that he was in. They preserved it. The table that he wrote the last letter to his brother and said to his brother something like, um, they are closing in on me. All is lost. I am going to escape or something, you know? The table, everything was preserved. Why did Napoleon lose that battle? Napoleon has dealt with the British. And his men came to him and said, our maneuverings has given us an advantage Let's finish these people out. Napoleon said, no. We take them out in the morning. <laughs> we will take them out when? In the morning. But that night, 6 p.m., 18th of June, 1815, the British general, what's his name? The Duke of Wellington, that's what it's called, made a statement that is attributed to the preacher, John Knox. John Knox said, give me England or I die. You know that's that prayer? Give me England or I die. A lot of those world generals studied these great men of God and learned from them. This man said, give me blue char or give me night. In other words, Give me Blucher or that. Who is Blucher? Blucher was the Prussian general. If I don't get help, this guy will kill me. The Prussian kingdom, the German kingdom, they were just next door. That's 6 p.m. By 6.30, the Prussians bombarded Napoleon. By 7 o'clock, Napoleon's men were wiped out. Napoleon ran for his life. Exile. That was the end of Napoleon the Great. 
He could maneuver. He could attack. He could do everything. But he didn't leave the possibility that he could be wrong. He didn't leave the possibility that he could be wrong. And it cost him everything he has worked for. So while the principle of maneuver can give you an advantage, and that is what it does, it puts your, the opponent at a disadvantage. It gives you an advantage. Never forget that an advantage is not victory. You can maneuver and it will give you an advantage, but never forget that an advantage is not victory. Every chess player understands this. How many people play chess here? Good. You understand this. You understand this. In fact, when you take somebody's queen, you have an advantage. Most people that take the opponent's queen early usually lose. Why? Because there's this sense that you're in charge. This false sense. And the other person knows I have to fight for my life. Give me pusher or give me knight. Give me blucher or give me knight. So, don't, so as you're going to live here, God is going to give you an advantage. Not are the forces going to be in your advantage, but you are going to ensure that you focus and get your victory in the mighty name of Jesus. You know the story of Jehoash. Jehoash, the king of Israel, he had this spiritual maneuver. He went to Elisha, my father, my father. Oh, Elisha was happy. Oh, what do you have? Give me this arrow. Fire it. The arrow of the Lord and the Lord's deliverance. And the deliverance of the Lord is complete. And Elisha said to Jehoash, strike. Jehoash must have been happy. Oh, I have advantage now, spiritual advantage. He struck only three times and stopped. And the man of God says, why did you stop? Why did you stop? Now you will not have victory because you stopped. You will not stop until you get your victory in the mighty name of Jesus. And the video, God is saying to us that there are people that, you know, it's like a goalkeeper that catches the ball and the ball always falls down and enters the net. It's called in Yoruba, Amubo, you know, catch and fall down. Everyone that has been catching balls and the balls have been slipping out of their hands will rebuke that spirit now in the name of Jesus. Don't say, oh, pastor, is it a spirit? I don't have time to explain all that. Just say amen. Okay? <laughs> oh, my goodness. In your life, there will be no abortions. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everything you conceive, you will bring to fruition. In the mighty name of Jesus. Isaiah 66, 9 says, God says, am I... Will I bring to the place of conception and not cause delivery? Would, 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 it is not in my nature. It is not in my nature to make you conceive, catch something and let it drop. It is not in my nature. So everyone that has been close to victory, and before now it has been eluding you, beginning from today, you will not only see it, you will eat from it. In the mighty name of Jesus I say, you will not only see it, you will eat from it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And sometimes, maneuvering gets us into trouble. When we maneuver wrongly, 
Or sometimes there are maneuverings that have been done by our parents on our behalf. Wrong decisions, wrong movements that have put you in the predicament that you are in. If you are in that situation, I believe very strongly that I have a word for you from God. I was driving after the video to work. I was going to work after the video. God gave me the scripture. It was so strong. Isaiah 40, verse 2. God says, I should say to you, and I should speak to you tenderly, speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. That her sin, and that the sins of her parents that have brought her into this situation have been paid for. I'm here to tell you that your heart service has been completed. The HCBC version says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that the time of forced labor is over. For those, that the, the description of your life right now is forced labor. I'm here to tell you that that time is over. In the mighty name of Jesus. The NLT version says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone. I'm here to tell you that your sad days are gone. The KJV says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that our warfare has been accomplished. There are people here, there are areas of your life that you just battle and battle and battle. God is saying today, the warfare is over. At least in that area. That particular area, the battle is over. In the name of Jesus. I want to close with this story. Story I heard a long time ago. Some of you may have heard it before. I'll share it nonetheless. There was this young boy that had lost his father and his mother and had to take care of his, 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 his younger sister. Now listen, this boy was working in a farm, and this farm paid so little but paid the people that worked extra hours much more. So everybody was jostling to get extra hours. He never got extra time because the, the supervisor wouldn't give him extra time. The supervisor only gave it to, to his own boys. And this boy's sister fell sick. And she was going to die. And, and, and the boy could not afford to buy drugs. So I said, what do I do? Do I watch my sister die? I need to maneuver. I need to get out of this tight situation. What do I do? 
So the boy, one day at work, he looks left, he looks right, he looks forward, he looks behind, he looks under his leg. He didn't see anybody. He took a chicken, wrapped the chicken up, went, sold the chicken, paid for his sister's drugs, and sister was ill. And he came back to work. And he closed. He was about to go. And the supervisor said, oh, you are going to work extra time today. And the boy was excited. Oh, yeah. I need the pay. And the supervisor said, you are going to work, but I am going to collect the money. And the boy said, that's not fair. Okay, maybe we should share it. I said, nope. I'm going to collect 100% of the money. The boy said, sorry, in that case, I'm not doing. And the boy was walking out of the farm, and the supervisor said, remember the chicken. And the boy froze in his trap. And he knew what that meant. And shame, guilt, fear overshadowed him. And, and he went back and he walked. Day after day after day, he was working extra time. And his professor was collecting the pay. Day, week after week. After a while, the boy said, I can't take this anymore. I'm going. His father said, you can go. Just remember the chicken. And the boy would come back and walk and walk. Every time he wants to go, the supervisor will remind him, remember the chicken. So one day, the boy sat down and said, ah, I will die like this. So he came in early. Before anybody could say anything, he, uh, know anything, he went quietly, secretly to meet the farmer, the owner of the farm, and begged him, fell on his face. He said, I sinned against you. I stole your chicken. I am sorry. Forgive me. In fact, I'm willing to go to, the, to prison. I can't go on like this. Forgive me. Forgive me. And the owner of the farm said to him, get up. I'm forgiving you. And the boy was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the owner of the chicken, oh, sorry, the owner of the chicken of the farm said to him, I saw you when you were stealing the chicken. All the while you saw me, I saw you. I saw when the supervisor was extorting you. And the boy was weeping. And the owner of the farm said, But I was waiting. To see when you get tired of being under forced labor. When you will get tired of being under this yoke. And the boy thanked him and went to work. And worked that day and he was about to go. And the supervisor said, where are you going? The boy said, I'm going home. 
supervisor said, well, remember? So I said, chicken call. Chicken. <laughs> and walked on free. <laughs> What first labor are you under? The time is over. What sad days are you experiencing? The days are gone. What hard service have you been enduring? The service is over. Let's bat our hearts as we bat our heads. But like the farmer, the owner of the farm, God is saying, are you going to continue in this hard labor or are you going to come to me and ask for my pardon? What was the difference? What was, why could he walk away from, from the accuser that confidently? Why? Because he had made peace with the owner. He had made peace with the owner. A lot of you this morning, you need to make peace with the owner. So that when the devil comes to you and says to you, remember the chicken, you will say, chicken, call. Chicken. Say, pastor, I need to make peace with my God. I need to make peace with my God. Some of you used to be born again, but you backslidden. You've gone, to, you've gone back. You know it. The life you are living testifies it. But you're saying, today, I am tired. I want my victory. I want to be free. Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you. That is me, Pastor. Put up your hand now, over your head. God bless you. Quickly, quickly, over your head, over your head, over your head. God bless you, over there, over there, at the back. God bless you. Keep the hands up. I want to keep it at that corner. Keep the hands up. Do we have an overflow? There's an overflow. At the overflow, put up your hand. God bless you, over there, over there. Put up, put up your hand. Keep the hands up. God bless you, over there. God bless you, my sister. Put it up. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. And another hand over there, at that corner. God bless you. That is me. God bless you. Over there, God bless you. That is me. At, at the overflow, put up your hand. God is there. The ushers are going to attend to you. As your hands are up, I want you to talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Anybody else? That is me. Put up that hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to make peace. I want to make peace. God bless you. Put it, I want to make peace. I want to make peace. I want to make peace. I want to make peace with the owner so that I can walk free. I want to make peace. God bless you. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. Right there. Keep the hands up until you get a card. If you, have the, if you don't have the card yet, wave to me. Wave to me. God bless you. Right there. Right there. That is me, pastor. Pray with me. I need to make peace with God. I need to come back to Jesus. Make the move now. Don't leave this place continuing in this pattern of servitude. Now, I want to pray with you, and for administrative reasons, I need you to come forward. Get up from where you are sitting. The ushers are going to help you. Get up and come forward. In fact, for spiritual reasons, come to God's altar. Come. If you are in overflow, come. Get up. Get up. The ushers, please help us. Help us. Help the people you've given the cars. Help them. Help them make a way. Help them make a way. Come forward. Come forward. Come forward. You are saying, Pastor, I, I, I want to come forward, but I don't have the card. Can I come? Yes, you can. Get up. And come. God bless you. God bless you. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Worship when it's all about. God bless you, my sister. Keep get up. Come, 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 come. Ushers, help. Let's help them. Let's 
from the overflow, keep coming. God bless you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. Come. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing. God bless you. Keep coming. Keep coming. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. If you're in front, talk to God. It's all about you. Talk to God. It's all about you. Those of us that we are sitting now, let's let's stretch out our hands. Let's stretch out our hands. Let's stretch out our hands and let us pray for, for this one. If you're in front, cry to God. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. Oh. It's all about you. Come forward, come forward. God bless you. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. all about Jesus. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone that has come to you today. They've come to meet with you. Not any man. You, the giver of life. The owner of the farm. They've come to confess their chickens. Lord, we ask that you have mercy. We thank you because you already have shown mercy by sending your son to die. Thank you for releasing mercy upon them. The grace to walk in this freedom. All the days of their lives give unto them. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed.